The following is an encore episode of Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. This is Retirement Talk with Mike Graber from Compass Retirement Advisors. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Mike Graber provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. Last week, we aired part one of our interview with Brett Anderson from IUL Digest, and today we're going to uh, follow that up with part two and conclude that interview. Uh, First, I want to lay a little groundwork and remind everyone why this information is uh, particularly important. At Compass Retirement Advisors, we believe it is important to not only uh, obviously grow your assets, but to do so with an eye on where tax rates may be uh, when it comes time to take uh, those assets out and use those uh, for income. If you're a regular listener to our show, you understand the dilemma facing our government with uh, debt, deficit, and unfunded liabilities. And we believe that tax rate uh, increases and other changes to the tax code are going to be necessary for the government to uh, keep things stable and to pay down the debt. Uh, In our planning, the goal uh, is to have multiple tax-free income streams within a fully implemented plan. And David McKnight, someone who we have referred to uh, often on our show over the last two years, uh, he's an advocate of having four to five totally tax-free sources of income during uh, retirement. And with enough uh, time and the right type of uh, planning strategies, we believe that uh, you can get to that point. And the reasoning uh, for doing so is pretty simple. If you have multiple streams of totally tax-free income coming in and tax rates go up as we expect, you know, it's kind of a so what. Uh, You won't uh, be feeling the crunch of those higher tax rates. Uh, Indexed universal life insurance plans, if properly structured, can be a source of uh, that tax-free income. And thus our topic for last week and for uh, our show today with Brett Anderson. Uh, If you own a life insurance policy, or if you have plans uh, to purchase one, uh, we want you to know that within those products, there are what we have uh, deemed uh, to be deal breakers or roadblocks. And these uh, deal breakers and roadblocks can inhibit the performance of these types of uh, insurance policies when it comes to maximizing the income stream. Uh, I recently reviewed a life insurance policy for a caller to our show, and we found that their accumulated cash results were only about half of what the original projections were. So it's critically important, especially if you're counting on those dollars in in retirement. So listen carefully today, and if you missed last week's show, uh, go to our website, compassretirementadvisorsllc.com, click on the radio tab, or you can subscribe uh, to our podcasts on Apple Play and Spotify by looking for Retirement Talk with Mike Graber. So here is part two of my interview with Brett Anderson. He is the host of uh, the IUL Digest website, and he's the author of Last Chance Retirement. Certainly don't want to be in the position as a consumer to have to pay additional premiums just to keep the thing floating. That's kind of a a self-defeating 
Uh, and it's not the, the place that, that I want any of our uh, clients to, to be looking at. And that's why we have done the work to understand uh, the products um, and, and to look at resources like um, you know, your IUL uh, digest website. Uh, really want to make sure that uh, if, if we're talking about these products with the client, that uh, we're looking at those who uh, have uh, the best designs to accomplish the goals uh, that are out there. And, and we review a lot of policies that uh, you know, people uh, bring to us when we're reviewing their, their current uh, planning. And uh, you know, we ask a few questions and we can tell pretty quickly that the consumer really doesn't understand how the contract works and they're relying fully on uh, the representations made by uh, the agent. And, and as you said, and as I've said, uh, unfortunately too often, uh, the agent hasn't done uh, their homework to really understand um, these, these finer uh, details uh, of, of the products. Yeah, one other thing I want to go back and touch on just here for a minute is when we were talking about the illustration rates. Now, I just updated this based upon how the policies would have performed for up through 2021, and this goes back to the AG49A rates. And I would say that out of the 30 companies maybe three or four of them actually ran the numbers inside of the illustration based upon what they said their illustration rate was. So if they said it was 6%, when you've calculated it all out, yep, they actually ran the numbers at 6%. Most of the other companies are within uh, a percent or so of what they said. And the reason why I don't have don't really like using the word fudge, but they are allowed to run the rate internally a little bit different based upon um, guaranteed bonuses and such. The other reason why they're allowed to run the rate differently than what they say is if they have a multiplier, they can't adjust the rate just because they have a multiplier, but the multiplier usually comes with an asset fee. One of the top selling companies out there has an 8.3% asset fee. And with that, they have 170% or 270% participation rate. Well, because of that, they can increase the illustration rate by the amount of that asset fee, which is over 14%. And when you actually run the numbers, yep, internally, they're actually running the numbers you see on their illustration at about 14.2%. Well, that's legal under the current rules. The only qualm I have with that is if they're actually running the numbers at 14.2%, then that's what it should say on the illustration, and it doesn't. It would seem to make sense that that's the way it should be. I understand that, but it certainly isn't. Yeah, it's not. And so if your clients are looking at an IUL, well, I would ask them, does it have an asset fee? And if so, how much is it? And so then what is the actual rate that the numbers are going to, are being run at? And I can guarantee you that 99.9% .9 of the time that agent is 
going to be totally oblivious to the fact that these numbers are not being run at the rate on the illustration, and he won't have any understanding at all of how the numbers are actually being run. Yeah, and, uh, you know, our, our listeners, uh, certainly this is, is one of the more uh, complex discussions we've had uh, on Retirement Talk with Mike Graber talking today about uh, Index Universal Life Insurance products, uh, some of the features uh, and designs that uh, impact the performance of, of these contracts. Uh, and uh, we would just encourage our listeners, if you own a life insurance uh, contract and uh, you would like to have uh, us give it uh, a review, we would uh, you know, use uh, some of the information from IUL uh, Digest, uh, the work that Brett's done and, and uh, run it through the analysis and point out uh, some of these uh, potential uh, deal breakers that, that might prevent the contract from performing as well uh, as you hoped, and uh, be happy to to do that for any of our listeners. Brett, uh, let's let's switch here just uh, for a second uh, from uh, the product design and, and deal breakers, and maybe talk about uh, how carriers uh, are um, rated financially. You know, ca- uh, carriers make promises, and their ability to meet those promises is based on their financial strength, and uh, their uh, are several different rating agencies out there that, that rate carriers. Um, you know, there's the AM bests of the world and the S and P's and, and those. Um, but, uh, in, in recent years, uh, the Comdex rating, uh, is something that, uh, uh, is, is gaining, um, maybe more traction or, or, or you know, people are, are in, in our business, uh, are becoming more familiar with that. So would you speak uh, a little to the importance of the financial uh, strength, the uh, integrity of the carriers being able to, uh, uh, you know, conduct things over or many years? You know, a lot of these products uh, are designed to pay a benefit that might be 30 uh, years down the road. And the uh, ability of the carrier to uh, achieve that uh, is in, in large part based on uh, their financial strength. So, um Talk to our listeners a little bit about that uh, and and how you look at uh, a carrier's uh, financial strength and and how you rank those uh, on uh, your website. Financial ratings, of course, are critical for what you said. And as essence, they're making a promise to you that they're going to be here 30, 40, 50, 100 years from now. And the money that you've accumulated in your policies is going to be there and paid out at the rate that you're expecting. If you end up, in essence, with a company that is going under, the company industry is pretty good at policing itself, and they'll come in usually and they'll take over the company. But if the minimum guarantee on the contract was 3% and you're expecting a payout of 5 or 6%, well, too bad, but at least you're going to get the 3% payout. Now, there's probably five or so different rating companies per se out there and there's the best rating the Fitch etc and I pretty much just go by what you mentioned as the Condex rating and what they do is they calculate based upon what all those different ratings are with all of those different agencies and then they put them on a scale of 1 to 100 and so if a company has a rating of 100, that means that all of the other companies have a combined rating that's less than them. If they have a 
conduct rating of 60, that means 40% of the companies were better and, you know, 59% of the companies were worse. So the, you know, on my charts, I list what the Comdex rating is for every company. And I usually just stick with the ones that equivalent to being a triple A rating, which is usually about an 87 or higher Comdex rating. And one of the top selling companies right now for the last 10 years or so at least has had a Comdex rating that's sitting at about 60. Well, again, it goes kind of back to what I was saying if a company's ever increased the costs on a policy. If you're going to show me a company that only has a Comdex rating of 60, then I just say, next, who else do you have? Because it's just critical. And it kind of goes back to, did they have to increase the costs inside of a policy? And that goes back to what are the financials of the company, which is reflected by the rating that they have. So I just want to do everything possible to avoid trouble in the future for why you're saving the money in this policy in the first place. That's so important. Um, you know, if, if a person was, you know, considering maybe, you know, buying uh, you know, individual stocks or, or buying bonds or, or placing their money in any type of investment, you know, one of the things they're going to look at is, uh, you know, how, how strong, you know, is this company? Is the company profitable? You know, talking about, you know, the general market. Um, and uh, so often, you uh, that's neglected, I think, whenever people look at, you know, buying their, uh, their life insurance or, or purchasing uh, their annuity. Um, you know, they uh, get caught up in, well, this product, the agent said, is, is paying this big bonus or it's got this other feature. And uh, we sometimes uh, are looking too much at uh, the bells and whistles. And I think we really should start with uh, the first question, you know, is this uh, a reliable company uh, financially? Uh, have they been around? Are they uh, tried over the many years? You know, how have they reacted through different market cycles uh, you know, to protect the integrity of the contracts that are out there? And, and as you said, uh, there's been some things that have uh, happened over the years that have risen up and uh, have bitten uh, the company and the company passed it on to consumer. So this is really uh, a critical uh, issue uh, that uh, the, the consumer, uh, hopefully the representative is guiding that conversation when, when making the, the choices. But, you know, I find uh, uh, in, in my business, uh, Brett, that there are a number of agents who are captive, uh, who can only uh, sell one or two products. And yep. that's uh, a big, a big issue. You know, we're an independent firm. Uh, we can go to any carrier that, that we feel is offering the product that uh, is uh, going to be uh, in the best interest of the client. And we enjoy that freedom, but we think to do uh, the job that the client deserves, that, that that's uh, a must. And when we designed and set up Compass Retirement Advisors, that was one of the things that was uh, uh, mandatory for us was to, to hold on to our independence so that we could do what was uh, right uh, for the client uh, above all. And, uh, you know, the financial ratings of the company is, is really where we start, you know, and if they're not in that uh, high Comdex rating, like you're saying, 87s and, and, and above, uh, we, you know, don't, uh, don't uh, look to, to use those carriers, uh, you know, in the planning that we do for 
uh, our clients. Uh, how often do you you find that uh, that Comdex score uh, changes uh, uh, for the carriers? Uh, I find they actually stay pretty stable from one year to the next. I'd say probably at least 70% of the companies don't ha- have any change at all from one year to the next. And of the other 30%, they probably go up or down minus 2 or 3%. So good companies, when it comes to the financials, typically stay good companies, and, and that's what we're looking for. Again, I mean, we're looking at a relationship that's going to, to pay off for the consumer 20, 30, 40 years down the road, and, and you want that stability to, to be there. Um, yeah, such an easy factor, too. <clears throat> I mean, if I have a ch- choice, and as a consumer, you do have a choice in which company you're going to go with, and the policy from a quality standpoint otherwise is basically the same, then I'm going to choose to go with a company that has a Comdex rating with a 90 instead of a 60. It, yeah. And that one is it would seem easy to know what the, the number is for each company. Yeah, it's it's a great place to start, and, and that information is, is widely available. Um it's nice for, for people like me that you've uh, kind of uh, accumulated and consolidated all that information on uh, your website, and, and we consult that uh, quite quite often. Um, anything else, uh, Brett, in, in this uh, conversation about Index Universal Life and things that the consumer might want to be aware of that you'd like to, to share with our, our listeners today? Well, probably one of the other major factors why people are looking towards an IUL today along with the retirement savings aspect is for the accelerated benefits part of it, you know, for chronic care, critical care down the road instead of actually buying a long-term care policy per se. And I'll just say on this topic that the choices are among the different companies, you know, 90 to 100 percent acceleration of the death benefit up to one to two million dollars but then you have a situation where the number five sold IUL today the accelerated benefit is only 50 percent of the original death benefit up to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars so again you have to dig into the policy and see exactly what the benefit is going to be for this if it's important factor in why you're looking to buy an IUL. And another area where I think people make a mistake with their IUL is we're not just planning for today. You need to be planning for tomorrow. And is this policy that you're buying today going to be enough for what you want to put into the policy 20 and 30 years from now? And one way to protect yourself with that is you're also getting a term policy, but a term policy that you can convert in the future into an IUL policy to put more additional premium savings into it. And the best term conversion out there will allow you to convert that term policy into your existing IUL policy. And by doing that, you will can avoid the premium fees, which some companies charge out there for the life of the policy, and typically these are five to six percent of the premium. Whereas one couple of companies out there, they only charge a premium fee for ten years. 
So in that case, if they had a good conversion policy and you do it from year 10 or after, guess what? You just avoided 100% of the premium fees and all of that new premium money. And the other thing that they do is they happen to start their bonus in year 11. So if you happen to do this conversion after year 11, well, guess what? You start earning the bonus immediately and all of this new money. And the other thing that having the term policy accomplishes for you is there in the beginning, you're needing to solve whatever your life insurance need is for today. The IUL, let's say you have a life insurance need of a million dollars. The IUL might only be solving 200000 of that if you're doing you know, max funding minimum life insurance. So the best and easiest way to solve the rest of that problem today is with this term policy. And then the other benefit that comes along with that is it's guaranteeing your insurability for the next 20 or 30 years. So you don't have to worry about what's going to happen to your health over that time period. You know that when you're ready to convert that some of that term into a bigger IUL policy that your health isn't going to be a factor. So that's just the bottom line on that. You got to be thinking ahead too, just like you would in a chess game. Or what are you going to do when we get farther down the road and we're ready and want to put more money into a policy? Yeah. Excellent points there. And uh, I just want to hit uh, just real quickly on the accelerated benefits. Uh, um, some of our listeners may not be aware that uh, today's version of, of these life insurance contracts with a death benefit, uh, is is generally available uh, for a terminal illness, chronic illness, or a critical care. Again, that varies, uh, and it can vary quite a lot from carrier to carrier. But it's not necessary that you know the person pass away uh, for those uh, numbers uh, on the death benefit to be available for uh, those um, um, you know things that that happen in life. Uh, people the past uh, the traditional long-term care policies and uh, paid uh, many thousands of dollars of premium over a long period of time didn't need uh, the the coverage passed away and then the family gets nothing uh, but today uh, more of the, the people in, in my business are using uh, the life insurance contracts with the accelerated benefit rider to solve that need if it's not used for uh, long-term care type of, of issues, uh, activities of daily living assistance. At some point, the, someone in the family is going to uh, get a check for uh, the death benefit. So if our clients are going to pay dollars for something, we like for them to get something uh, back for it. So I'm glad that, that you mentioned the uh, accelerated uh, benefits um, uh, with that. But great explanation. Uh, we could talk for quite a, a long time about these, but we've uh, pointed out some very important uh, features and, and design elements in these, and I'm sure uh, that maybe it's stirring some questions in uh, our, our listeners' minds. So uh, if, if you're listening today and you have questions about your life insurance, you'd like more information about uh, using life insurance in your retirement plan or for estate liquidity or just to protect uh, your family's uh, uh, needs, you know, pay off the mortgage, pay for college, and those types of things, uh, give us a call here at Compass Retirement Advisors. Uh, my number is 812-787-0809. Uh, next uh, week, we'll have a, a new issue uh, in the world of uh, retirement planning that we'll talk about. Invite you to join us uh, back uh, again next week. And until then, uh, have a great week, and thank you for joining us today. 
Thank you for listening to Retirement Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, contact Mike Graber at Compass Retirement Advisors. Call 812-787-0809 or visit them online at compassretirementadvisorsllc.com. Investment advisory services provided by ChangePath LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Compass Retirement Advisors LLC, the Insurance Shop Inc. and ChangePath LLC are unaffiliated entities. Mike Graber and Compass Retirement Advisors are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Provided content is for overview and informational purposes only and is not intended and should not be relied upon as individual tax, legal, fiduciary, or investment advice. Each individual situation will vary and opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representation can be made to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to representation. The information contained herein is based on our understanding of current tax law. The tax and legislative information may be subject to change and different interpretation. We recommend that you seek professional legal advice for applicability to your personal situation.